0: Suspend your disbelief.
1: Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast.
0: Welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. And we are here via Zoom once again. It was just reflecting uh, the last few podcasts we've recorded. We've had some whispering going on in the background, and it wasn't us.
1: Yeah, some <laughs> some disembodied uh, voices in the background, especially with uh, the gentleman from Gettysburg, Mr. Nar- Mark Nesbitt, and uh, the gentleman from Halifax, Elliot Van Dusen. It seems like they had a lot of uh, visitors that wanted to... He heard on the podcast
0: oh it seemed to be and uh, I try to make out these things when I'm doing editing and it's hard to understand with with the whispers going on but it's definitely a whisper if you uh if you break it down I've checked you know whether it is a, a voice wave or not and it definitely comes out as a voice wave it's
1: uh very so. cool well we get a lot of EVPs on the on the show you know so I mean I listen to other podcasts as well and maybe Every once in a while, they they get a a little EVP or a voice or an odd noise, but it seems like we've been uh, really—I don't know if the word is uh, (laughs) fortunate—but we do get a lot of uh, guests in the background. But I think that's pretty cool too. Mm -hmm. It kind of makes us unique in a way. And uh, we will definitely see if we hear any odd voices today with our guest. And and we're going to introduce Miss Catherine Rogers, all the way from Edmonton, Alberta, Catherine. Uh, I forget how I stumbled across you, but uh, I'm glad that we did. Um, you run oracleintuitions.com. I do, yes. And, and you have your own YouTube channel. I do. And your uh, spiritual journey into, I guess, all things paranormal started when you were a kid.
2: It really did, yeah. Um a kid into the teenagers, and then I, I think, I wouldn't say I lost the journey, I think I just had kids to take care of and and other things but it was actually my kids that really brought it out again into me later on in life so I'd say the last 20 years it's been quite an adventure for sure
1: and were were you one of those uh children that saw a lot of things that other people weren't seeing and had those imaginary friends
2: I always had imaginary friends (laughs) Uh, or um you know, you just you just knew things, right? Like you know, people would. I knew how to first of all, like just put things together, like intuitively, like not having to read the instructions on stuff because it was like I was really guided. Or I would know when the phone would ring, and I would I could just I just knew who was on the phone. You know, like for me, I didn't understand why don't you know what who's on the phone because it's just telling you the phone's like it's you know it was just so natural and. um and then I would say later on, you know, when I became a teenager, I think is when things really started it really kind of coming to me a little bit more and, It was funny because later on in life, I had mentioned to somebody what I do now, you know, as a psychic medium, and they looked at me like, okay. And I thought, well, I I was expecting more of a reaction from them because this was like more of a teenage friend, you know, somebody that I had known years before. And they said, well, why would we be surprised by that? Why did you, why do you think we brought our boyfriends over to you or girlfriends over to you? Or you always knew like what path they would take if this was somebody that we should be around, or you were always the one that people would watch at parties. If Kathy left the party, you just go because you know that there's going to be trouble following. Like she was leaving for a reason. It was it, it was funny because there would either be a fight that broke out or, you know, and this is way back in the house party days, right? And You know, I would get up and leave. I just felt like I had to leave and people would start to follow me. And I thought, well, I must be really popular. But no, <laughs> it wasn't so much that. It was that because usually they've, they've learned by now that, you know, it was sort of like their telltale sign that um, the cops were going to show up or there was going to be a fight or something was going to, you know, go wrong. Right. So it was just, I just had a feeling like I had to go home. This was my time to go home. I just had this feeling, go home and I'd get up and I would just walk out the door. So,
1: so so you were everybody's like favorite party trick then.
2: Okay. (laughs) You know, people would tell me later on that, Oh, yeah. You know, if you needed to find Kathy, she was off in the corner, you know, talking to talking to her imaginary friends. And for me, they were completely real at that time. But, you know, you don't understand exactly what was going on at that point. I I really didn't associate it, I guess, with spirituality or I didn't think, oh, I'm I am a psychic. I mean, I actually thought other people were weird because of the fact that this was just so normal to me that I couldn't figure out. How people were so like, how do you not see that? It's right in front of your face. Like Mm -hmm. it it didn't make any sense to me, right?
1: Now did now it seems like a lot of people were were accepting of your abilities and your gifts, but was you know, what what did your family think? Like were you like oh like did they try and talk you out of it or were you like the you know, the weirdo in the family?
2: I think I was more probably a little bit more the weirdo of the family. I grew up in a, I wouldn't say a very strict Catholic home by any means, but it was definitely, you know, more on the traditional side. Um, I, nobody ostracized me or anything like that. I think they just kind of thought, you know, that's just her. And I never really talked about spirits or anything like that. For me, it was just a part of my day, but I wasn't um, speaking out about it on a, on a regular basis. It wasn't, I wasn't like, you know, the little kid from Sixth Sense or anything it's like I see ghosts. It was more just me sort of doing my own thing or, you know, playing with stuff or, you know, I don't think people really thought too much of it, except maybe I was just a little bit off or weird. And, but now um, they're actually very accepting of it which I really appreciate. Like now, you know, they'll ask me how, what do you feel about this situation? I don't know if they would actually put it into the terms of, you know, psychic or medium or anything like that, but they definitely would put it into intuitive. Um, My kids, however, my daughter actually runs my, uh, she's actually the moderator for my live show. And on YouTube and she will say things like she'll she'll message me afterwards or we'll talk afterwards and she's like I don't know how you nailed that last one she'll be like y- you know um you blow me away so I, I really appreciate hearing that kind of input especially when it's people that are close to you so
1: um, any of your kids uh have they inherited any of your abilities
2: yes so my um my daughters for sure. I think my I have two daughters and a son, and my son is 16 and my daughters are in their twenties. Um, but my my son most definitely he is he's he's actually the reason why I you know I started getting into more of the paranormal and looking in more into spirituality. And even just from a baby, he was seeing uh people in his room now. There was actually an incident with him that really made me open my eyes. And that's when he was just, he was about a year and a half and he was still in his little crib. He was, you know, just at that age where they're still kind of at their crib, not quite ready for the big bed. And he was in his room and he was waking up every night, screaming and crying and the whole bit. And I would go in there and he'd be like the guy, the guy, and he'd point to the corner and he'd be like the guys in my room. And I was like, what are you talking about? I, I don't understand what you're talking about. Cause I'm not seeing anybody for so for some weird reason. I didn't see it. And so one minute I actually ended up getting really upset, not at my son, but whatever, you know, was waking him up. And I sort of looked in the corner and I said, you know, get, get the hell out of my kid's room. Cause you're, you're waking him up. Like this is, I can't do this every night. Like get out. You don't belong here. And I watched my son as his little hands are on the crib. And I watched him, his eyes walk from like move from one side of the room all the way to the other side of the room and out the door. And I, it was almost like he was watching somebody walk behind me and out the door. And I said, is he gone? And he just nodded his head and he laid back down. And that was the end of that. Like that was, it was done. And there would be times where I'd be giving him a bath and he would look around me or behind me and he would say, who's that? <laughs> you know, like as referring to somebody standing behind me. And and then once he got into school, his teacher would actually say to me, um, your son, I need to talk to you about him. And I said, sure. And she goes, have you ever heard of indigo children? And this isn't a public school. So this is not something that they normally, you know, talk about or discuss and you know, that's kind of a taboo issue. And she said, "Your son is the strongest indigo child I've ever met." She goes, "The things that this kid knows, blows my mind and he'll walk up to kids every day and he'll say, you know, I'm sorry that you got into trouble or, you know, I hope you like your peanut butter sandwich, whatever it was, you know, that he would just spit out, you know, um, I'm sorry about your flat tire, you know, on the way to work, you know, saying this to his teacher and nobody would know that she had had a flat tire. And now that he is in his teenage years, he's 16 now he has this uncanny ability he would always like he would always be have this ability to sort of almost read your mind but now he's got this uncanny ability it, it's weird because he'll look up something he'll have this desire or need to to look up somebody's name for whatever reason whether it's a rap star i remember the first time it happened he came to me and he said i felt like i needed to listen to prince and i don't know why because i don't even like prince and I said, okay, well, you know, go ahead and listen to him, I guess. Like, what I don't know what to say. And then the very next day, Prince died. And he did this with uh, Chadwick, you know, from uh, Black Panther. He's done that. He actually did that with Prince Philip the other day. He'll bring them up. He'll mention them. Even Kobe Bryant, actually, funny enough. And the next day, boom. And it it took him a long time. Because I would tell him, like, maybe this is something that you, you know, have inherited from me
1: if he asks for Danny, let us know right away let us know right away
2: yeah it, it, it's a very it's a very uncanny ability like even a friend's husband died a few months back and the day before he died he goes mom did you feel that and i said because we had known he he had uh had a massive heart attack. And he said, did you feel that? And I said, I, I did. And he goes, I don't think he's going to make it. He goes, I just got this weird feeling. Not two minutes later, she texted and said that he had passed away. Wow. So yeah, he's, he's got a very, very strong gift.
1: So are, will you encourage him to keep it up then and, and manifest and develop it even more then?
2: Um, I'm never going to deny him that he, sh- you know, he should do it. But um, I, I'm going to leave that up to him, to be honest. Like, I think that this is his choice. If he wants to take the path, I will absolutely stand behind him 100%. And maybe, you know, I might not even be the right mentor, I might have to find him another mentor or, you know, somebody with that particular gift or however, but I'm definitely going to stand behind him. But I'm going to leave it, I think, in his hands, because, you um, I've I've dealt with kids working in the paranormal field where I've seen the parents push their kids towards that sort of um, path. And I don't think it's fair to the children. I think it's really um, your own path. It's no more different than saying you have to be a doctor or you have to be this or you have to be that. Like, I, I really think it's an individual choice.
0: Right. Right how do you do you hear spirits uh, audibly or is it just a message that comes to you uh?
2: um i actually i actually do both so I do hear um spirits uh sometimes very audibly it, it's not it, it's not actually as common for me to hear it audibly um as it is within my head so there used to be a time when I really first started seeing spirits I was seeing them I guess the best way to say them is with my eyes like as if I was looking at another, another person and it, it became to a point where I would slam on my brakes and my kids would be like what the hell are you doing <laughs> you know? okay because for me I was stopping for somebody who was crossing the street mm-hmm. and I, I got to a point where I couldn't quite differentiate um, between the real or the the imagine, you know, like not imaginary, but the spirit world. And I remember even just being in a store, you know, like a Walmart or target. And I said, excuse me to someone my mom's my my daughter's like, mom, who the hell are you talking to? Like, you know, (laughs) so what I did is I actually asked my own guides and I said, look, this is, I can't do this. I can't, I can't live my life like this because I can't differentiate. And I don't want to become a hazard to myself or to anybody else. So you have to put them somewhere in my head. Like if, if I'm supposed to see them I'll see them and I can get you know when I'm focused in on them then I can get the details but I have to live my life I still have a job to do you know I have to raise my kids I have to I can't have things around me all the time because that's not going to allow me to live my own life and I need I need it to I need there to be a difference between the two of them and almost as soon as I asked that I really started seeing everything in my head so I can hear um, I do see, uh, you know, it can be audible. Mostly it comes in visions. And usually when I see things, um, so I'm sure Rachel <laughs> or people that have mediumship abilities can understand this. But when sometimes when you're dealing with other mediums or you'll see mediums like on TV, they can be very generic, right? They can be very, well, everything's going to be great. And they, they say that they love you. Okay, well, I could go to you know, the guy at the corner store and get that same information? Why am I paying hundreds of dollars to somebody, you know, that's, that's giving me the same information that I could find on an app on my phone. Right. So I asked for that. I wanted to see very specific information, um, something that would mean only something to the client, not to, um, anybody else. Like they might have, and it's something that they're going to know right away. Like, you know, whether it's uh an object or, you know, whether it's a word or whether it's a memory or something along that line, like they're going to know it's their, their passed over one immediately and not something generic or, you know, that, like I said, I could, you know, use an app on my phone and find the same information. Like it mm-hmm. has to be very specific to them. And so far that's exactly what happens. So
0: that- did you find it difficult to be able to turn that off when you're uh, doing your regular shopping or anything? Uh-
2: no, no, once once I actually asked for it to get turned off, it really did almost immediately. Like I was able to, you know, function as a normal human being. <laughs> oh, okay. And yeah, it was almost it was almost instant. So I think I think when you ask your guides for help in specific ways, and I made it very specific, you know, this is how I want to start really seeing things. That's when we're really allowing that door. You know, sometimes when we're open to spirituality, I think our guides get really excited and they're like, yay, you know, they want to advance, they want to, you know, ascend. And so they'll kind of throw everything at us and we're like, Whoa, wait a minute, what the heck is going on? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've, we've probably all dealt with people on some sort of, you know, spiritual journey. And so when you, kind of narrow it down and say, look, this is what I can handle at this particular moment. This Mm -hmm. is, you know, when I'm ready to advance, you can advance me, but let's do this in a in a normal pace or a slow pace. And it really does make that difference.
1: Catherine, you're also a paranormal investigator. You joined the Edmonton Paranormal Society. Yes. Uh, Are you like the go to person to connect with the spirits of investigations? And do, do do you move spirits along as well?
2: No, so um, when we uh, we don't do as many investigations as we used to do, just simply because we all have jobs. And um, we, we actually found too, is that I, we, we loved investigating, but we did it for a very long time, um, you know, close to 12, 13 years of, you know, thousands of investigations. So now we mostly do a lot of, you know, consultation, uh, we do help out at the other groups if they need it, that, you know, that sort of thing. But um, so one of the things that we don't do is, is, you know, exercise ghosts or um, move them along. And there's a very specific reason for that. And usually we find, first of all, you know, if something needs cleansing or staging, we actually have found that the client's own energy is going to be more powerful than our own. It's not our house. And we can sometimes, not we, but us as people, um, if somebody is not in the right frame of mind or not the, you know, maybe you have an investigator who's had a bad day or whatever it is, that, that same energy may not go into the cleansing of the house that it should. Whereas, somebody who lives in the home if they're doing it then by all means they can do it um we did have a case though um it was one of actually my first cases this was you know 16 years ago about and like I want to say like a lizard looking thing it was the creepiest thing I'd ever seen and I didn't know what to do with it because I was this was something brand new to me and but it didn't seem evil it seemed like it was showing us stuff and I won't go into the whole story of it you know but basically what it was showing us was that there was some assault going on in the home with the kids by the stepfather. And this thing was there as a protectant. Now, another psychic may have gone in, seen this and said, okay, we're going to cleanse the heck out of this. We're getting rid of it. You know, assuming that it's evil. And if we had done that, we don't know what would have happened. The fact that we didn't do that Uh, we acknowledged this thing. And this thing was actually, it was the father of the family. It was the stepfather of the family that was really receiving like the, I guess, the haunting from this thing, which is, and he was the one that was the perpetrator in all of this. And he was the one that was getting like the scratches and really getting haunted. And this thing was going right after him. And about a week later, we got a message from the mother. Now, of course, we couldn't reveal anything. Like, we're not police. We're not, what do we say? Oh, we can't go to the police and say, well, a big lizard monster told us that, you know, this was <laughs> happening, right? Like, you know, <laughs> you want this to be taken seriously. So because we, you know, being a being a paranormal group, you do have an extensive let's say family that you know you can go to that are many resources whether they're plumbers or electricians or social workers or you know counselors or whatever it is right like you we usually you know most teams will have a huge network of people that they can contact um and as it turned out, uh, yeah, the father was arrested for abusing the the kids and they never had any hauntings again. So when when I hear about people and they're saying to us, look at we we want to get rid of this thing, you know, make sure I, I just my I guess my biggest suggestion to people is really make sure you know what it is that you're kicking out before you try to kick it out. And I usually actually find that if you sage a house. And you just say, you know, that this area can only have peace, love, and prosperity. Then the things that are supposed to stay and be there and that they're working from an element of love and light and peace and prosperity, they will stay, even if they might be scary to a person, but not everything that is a spirit is negative, as we Mm. know, right? And I think people have to differentiate that just because you're being haunted, it may not be actually being haunted, and I think that people have to have that um, knowledge, you know, from people that from investigators that are reputable. Right. And, and like podcasts like this, which help people grow within their knowledge of the, the other world.
1: Mm-hmm. Is this entity something that you physically saw or was it something in your, in your mind's eye?
2: At this time I was still seeing things with my eyes. So it's so I could see it, it wasn't like, I wouldn't say it was like full form body, but it was enough where if you turn to the side, you know, if you kind of, you know, how you kind of catch that shadow at the side and you right. would see it. And I, I was like, what the hell is going on? And I wasn't saying anything at first, but it, cause it was big. It was like about five feet tall. Like it looked like a giant lizard. And I was like, am I, am I losing my mind? Like, what the hell is this thing? Like? And because it wasn't full, like wasn't really full on until you kind of acknowledge it. Right. It was sort of hiding. And that's when the other um, the gentleman I was with that is the other psychic. um, And we had a whole team with us at this time as well. But he said, are you seeing that? And I said, well, okay, you write down what you're seeing. I'll write down what I'm seeing and let's compare them that way rather than us feeding off of each other. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we did, and we both were seeing the exact same thing. And once we acknowledged it, it sort of was able to come out at that point and, and be more, I guess, more visible. It still wasn't like full form, like, Hey, come on in, have coffee with us, you know, but you could, you could, you got a general idea. It was in its
1: astral form. Right, right.
2: Yes, yeah, hmm. yeah. Uh, and it's funny because the family did not see it whatsoever. Uh, but they had seen, especially the father, had been seeing dark shadows. He had been getting scratches. Um, he had, you know, it was basically a typical haunting, but it was mostly around the one person. Some
0: psychics, now you two compared what what this would be uh, mm-hmm. visually uh sometimes they say that uh one psychic might you both see something but you might see it differently you might have seen it as a lizard they might have seen it as uh angelic or something right
2: right yeah this one here it came through for both of us almost exactly the same what we had written down yeah it was it was so um like I would say like a giant iguana would probably be the best way to describe it or yeah. a giant alligator you know something with a bigger snout but you know what you could tell it wasn't really evil but you could tell it was doing something like it had a purpose to it and and so we had to just watch it for a while because we weren't really sure what it was and it was really unusual to see so
1: hmm. perhaps it was attached to the father and went with him to jail
2: oh but well, that would be nice <laughs> <laughs>
1: you never know right
2: <laughs> I think things like that, you know, it's almost like I would say almost like, you know, you wonder if the kids to some degree almost conjure it, you know, in in some way, like, you know, asking for protection or asking for, you know, because if the child is abused or, you know, in that place where they're scared, they're going to be asking for help from somewhere. And you almost kind of wonder if maybe, you know, that was the case. But Mm -hmm.
1: have you ever come across any other malevolent or dark entities in your investigations ones that really really stood out
2: um okay so I would say I'm gonna have to kind of say no on that I mean I've definitely felt negative oh wait a minute no that's not true we did feel one I almost forgot about this (laughs) there was one um that I did not really like and it was it it was in the form of a child but the thing is, is that this child to me was appearing. I want to say almost like it, I don't know if the eyes were particularly black. It was almost like they were hollow. But this was actually what drew in. Uh, it was actually the mother of you know this household that kind of drew this thing in. And I think what happened. Um, this was quite a while ago, so I'm you know like the full details of everything. But she, they were having a like basic haunting at first. And I think at some point the mom just said, "Okay, look at you know what? You can stay as long as you're nice. As long as you're being good, you can mm. stay." Which is always the stupidest thing to say, right? Like it's, She invited you know, it
1: in even more. She
2: invited it in, yeah. and it appeared. You know, it was appearing as this child. I'm gonna be honest. I mean, I, maybe other mediums have seen, um, you know, spirits as children. I particularly have not seen any actual spirits that have appeared to me as a child not ones that are that have that are actual children like like they're unless it was on sort of um unless it's like a message coming through for a child but to actually see the the you know in my head the physical form of a child usually a lot of times if it's coming through as a child I'll hear certain words or phrases or maybe actions that they had, something that will mean something to the parents. And then the child will sort of present itself as an ethereal, like you had said, an ethereal form, like an angel sort of. So I know that it's a passed over being. Um, But when you're seeing it so clear and so like that, you know, just so solid um, I've never seen a child that is actually a child.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: for me, as soon as I saw it, I was like, there's something wrong with this thing. Like I've never, they, she's like, oh no, he's, he's nice. He, he plays with my kids. And I'm like, mm, no, no, let's, let's, let's deal yeah, with this. Even, thing. <laughs>
3: even,
1: even in my, even in my own experiences and my limited mediumship, I've, you know, I've never got a good feeling from these, uh, you know, quote unquote child spirits that i've run Mm -hmm. into so and uh there's been a few so i I always i always tell anybody if you run into a a a little girl spirit especially if she's wearing a white dress or you know uh whatever don't assume that they're you know these angelic little kids stay away from them
2: i have a question have you ever run across the girl and the boy it's, it's like a teenage girl. She usually appears about 15, 16. She can come in various forms, but usually she starts off with the pigtails um, and then she turns a little darker later. And then there's always a little boy. It always appears like, you know, like I would say like a brother, you know, and he can appear anywhere between, I would say anywhere between three to 10. And they usually appear together. We had several cases where mm. these two appeared and they were all separate cases.
1: Mm. Well, well, we, we had one. Uh, so we used to have another gentleman who uh, was one of the co-hosts before Rachel came along and he and I went to a very old Victorian home, which was very active, very haunted. Um, it had a lot of dark uh, malicious spirits in it. And there were two kid, two child spirits there, you know, uh, brothers and sister and one yeah. boy, one girl. But they were both about the same age. Yeah, okay. I want I want to say anywhere between eight and ten. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah no. I only saw the boy. Uh, we knew they were both there, but I only I only saw the boy at the end when when we were leaving, and he shot me a, a dirty look
2: <laughs>
1: as we were leaving. I thought, and that's mm-hmm. why I was like, yeah, these kids' spirits don't trust them.
2: No, no. They um, I, I know that the girl can appear different ages. Um, but usually you know usually from what we've discovered is she's she's appeared a little bit older and the boy you know appearing a little bit younger but um, you know they always seem to you know and, and you know and usually they have appeared in like older farm clothing like early century 1900 1800. Yeah, these,
1: these, these were as well
2: yeah, yeah yeah
1: they were they were like in you know what you'd expect a kid to wear in like the 1870s or 1880s
2: yeah yeah and uh those are those those are some that is one nasty entity that i just don't want to run across
1: (laughs) yeah you never you never run into child spirits that are wearing like a superman t-shirt and blue jeans you know being cool
2: and (laughs) sit down and let's play a
1: video game yeah, it's always it's out. always the, the creepy victorian uh you know the white flowing dress with the, right. you know, the with the fluffy uh um yeah. cuffs an and, nightgown,
2: a white nightgown yeah, it's always a nightgown <laughs> so
1: stay, if you see one of those stay far away from it
2: yeah, just don't just, no invite it into the house <laughs> no
1: no show at the door and say beat it
2: yeah <laughs> get out so 100 percent yeah
0: some of your uh, readings uh you actually use tarot
2: cards I do yes yeah if you're like Rachel you have like drawers full of them if I showed you my shelf I probably have about 200 decks
0: (laughs) (laughs) now is there is there a certain deck that you'd like to use or is this just something that it depends on the person that is getting the reading oh
2: no, I, I kind of just, you know, I can use any deck for really anything for the most. Sometimes I'll get drawn to maybe one particular one. Um, mm-hmm. I usually have, you know, several decks that are open or around me, you know, all the time. Um, if I'm doing specific readings on my YouTube channel, then I'll I'll spend, you know, quite a lot of time figuring out which ones, which ones are coordinating really well together, um, because some of them are Oracle, some of them are Tarot, and I usually mix the Oracle and the Tarot together. To, to produce the full reading. But um, I I just love tarot decks. I love the artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I really like the human, I, I like, I'll, uh, I'll show you a deck, which I know it's not, you guys can't really see, but I like that real human sort of quality. So you'll right. see some decks that have a more human side to them. And I really enjoy that. And I just, I just find I resonate with them. I use them as tools, uh, mostly, than anything else. I don't really use them as, uh, I guess, predictors. For me, they help me to focus on a situation. So if I'm, let's say, tapping into somebody when I'm doing a reading, when you're helping out a client, you know, especially if they're saying, well, I just want a general reading. Okay, well. <laughs> I mean, we, we could start at your childhood and go to here. Like, what do you mean by general? Like, you know, specify this. So sometimes, you know, and, and when you're tapping into their energy spirit might, you know, your, your guides, cause my guides work with their guides that might just want to take you down a rabbit hole that, you know, is not necessary for the client at this time. So what I'll do is I'll use the cards as more of a focus point and they'll kind of give me an idea of okay, this is the area that we're heading into. This is what the client more wants to know. So it's a way of me sort of channeling into the cards to find the right information to give to them.
0: Yeah, I know a friend that was very psychic. She used to uh, just use a regular deck of cards and yeah. I remember asking her one time, I said, do you really need those cards? And she said, no, but she said, people need to focus. And they they understand more when they can see something rather than me just telling them what was going
2: Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. it, 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 that's very true. Um, because I do work on, you know, different platforms also doing readings. They're not just my readings, but I might work on different apps or you know platforms to do readings as well and I do find that the clients they like to see a physical form for some reason they think it's more authentic than us just using our intuition even if I wasn't holding up the card I would say the exact same thing but it it's something for them to I guess maybe place a belief on to you. and that's I mean that's fine you know I'm okay with working that way um and for me, it is a it's a very strong focus tool, so that I'm not just like I said. I mean, most people don't want to know about when they're too, but a spirit wants to bring that in. They might just do that right. unless I have an actual focus to to start going in on.
0: Yeah, and the tarot cards, like you said, with the great artwork and everything, it's, uh, it's yeah. fascinating to the client. I would think
2: absolutely, absolutely. I have just I think I'm fascinated with the tarot as well. It's just it's such a it's just such a beautiful. Um, way of expression for different artists as well like you know one artist can create 78 different images Mm -hmm. of their own beautiful artwork right so
1: Catherine um I had a psychic medium tell me once because I was very fascinated with what happens you know after you die because you know the the paranormal investigations and and many other instances and or or not coincidences but things that happened in my life. And she once said to me, she says, I, Dan, w- when you die, I think a lot of people are going to be not, not me specifically, but when people right. die, they're going to be very surprised. It's what's waiting for them or what they see it, at the other end. Um, as someone who was raised Catholic yeah, and you are now uh, connecting with spirits of people that have passed on. Right. What, are your, what are your thoughts on what happens to us once we move on or we, oh, we leave leave our physical shells?
2: It's interesting because people that I connected to um, they seem to be you know quite content with their passing. Um, I've never really run into a lot of you know again you know we're always going to have you're going have negative people just as the same you're going to have positive people on mm-hmm. earth right on this dimension, this planet, whatever it is, Um, you know, there might be, maybe this is where that, you know, negative haunting is coming in from. I mean, people are just jerks and people are really great. Right. But from what I have seen, a lot of people will say, well, is my relative around me Well, they are? But it's gonna be really bloody boring if they're just hanging on your shoulder all bloody day long. (laughs) Exactly. You know, let's let's use some common sense here, right? Like they got other crap to do, like they have a life. It might not be the life that you're leading, but they have a life too. And I mean, I've heard, you know, from some spirits that you know they're traveling, they're going to places, you know, that they've always wanted to see. Um, you know, and I've been, I've been able to bring in countries that they've always wanted to visit. And they may have mentioned, you know, when they were alive, like, this is where I really want to go. And they're like, I'm there. I've, I've been there. I visit, like, it doesn't mean that they're not around. I do feel it's kind of, to some degree, it's an omnipresent, you know, uh, energy, but you know, they have their own life. They're not just going to sit there and watch you brush your teeth and go to the bathroom and eat your meal and watch TV. And like, really, they got, their own, they got their own stuff. But I do feel that I've always felt that there is a level, um, how do you explain this? So as we die, I believe that we're given a choice. Okay, where do you want to go? Or maybe it depends on upon um, how many lives you've already lived. Okay. Like, do you want to stay in the ethereal form? Do you want to wait for your relatives? And then you can decide what you're going to do then. Like, where, how do you want to do this? But I do believe our spirit guides are not our ancestors. I've never felt that they were ancestral. I believe we have guides that are ancestral, but not our actual spirit guides or spirit team. And the spirit team has had many advancements throughout their, I guess, soul life. Mm -hmm. Um, bringing them to a place that they're there to really help guide us. They have that experience from living, you know, many, 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 many different lives on earth. So Mm -hmm. it'd be like, you know, if I need help, um, maybe a spirit guide who has some sort of legal experience may come in or somebody who has, you know, this sort of experience within this can come in. I think we all have our own guides, our own individual guides, but because we are such, um, we are all connected, we can expand that out. And so if I need help with something that my guides are kind of like, well, I don't know, have you ever baked a cake? I've never baked a cake. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, let's go find somebody who can bake a cake. They can bring that guide over for that temporary help. Mm-hmm. Um but I do believe that there—it's almost a level system. So, you know, it'd be like an intern going into an actual doctor and then specializing in a field is what I feel is the eventually that we get to. I believe that we have that opportunity to take that leap towards um, another another way of helping, I guess, bringing this, right. this whole expanded universe all together.
1: Have, having continuous purpose, right?
2: Exactly. And exactly. Not,
1: not just being, you know, some invisible energy floating around doing nothing for the next billion right. years, right?
2: Because <laughs> yeah. so. really, what would be the point of all of that? I mean, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Yeah, and I've I've always I've always said, uh, and, and I love talking to uh, psychic mediums just to get their, you know, their ideas and thoughts on the afterlife. It's that uh, you know? I've always said, like, who's policing or governing? governing the afterlife, you know, what, yeah. what, do, what do you, I mean, we've got a billion people on the planet that believe in Buddha and a billion people that believe in, you know, Krishna or Vishnu and, and, uh, different religions like Islam and, you know, everybody thinks that they're right. Like their, their religion is, right you know, is the proper one. And, uh, you know, and you get to talking to them and they, you get their different belief systems and talk to their version of psychics and mediums and hear about their, their versions of angels and demons and jinn and, and everything else. It's really interesting. And uh, it almost, it almost seems that uh, it's all the same, but it's whatever you conjure or, or you might develop in your head as well, depending Absolutely. on how you're, depending on how you're raised too. Right. I mean, uh, I've moved spirits that we're afraid they're going to go to hell because they committed suicide.
2: Right. And
1: it's it's like, and I've told them, I said, listen, you know, you're not going to be punished. You know, you can't, you can't really help the way that you were born, the way your brain was wired because, you know, it's nothing you had any control over. Yeah. And, and I hope that I'm, you know, and I've said this before on the podcast, I hope I've not sold them, uh, you know, down the river, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you know and they they put they put all this trust in me. He said, "Okay, I'll go into I'll go into the light." And then they're like in a lake of fire, you know. And then I'm like, "Oh no!" But right. <laughs> so yeah, I just think uh, I don't know. It's 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 a heavy, heavy topic. It's a heavy question, and we could sit here and talk for hours and hours and hours on it. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, it's, it's just. And the other thing is too is like people say, "Well, how come psychics and mediums just don't ever ask them?" Is there a heaven? Is there a hell? You know, and like when we do our investigations, we have a, a member, his name is Tony. He's, he's been on the podcast a couple of times right. and he, and he always asks, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And we never get an answer. Like oh, is the,
2: that right? I'll with, tell you, I actually do. The EVPs, <laughs> or
1: we'll say, what's your Christian name? Right. And right. Ne- never get an answer.
2: Oh, okay. You mean when you go on an inve- in- investigation, yeah, with, with they your, ask that, yeah, yeah, yeah. your EVPs, yeah. huh? Is, so. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I um, yeah. I mean, you know, from doing our investigations, like we we had the ability to work with you know different types of religions, and we we did have a, a couple of uh, Catholic priests that we were able to go to for advice, or you know, even sometimes recommend clients to you know say, hey, look, at go talk to you know Father whatever. Um, especially when it came to, you know, more, I don't I don't want to say I don't want to call them exorcisms because, you know, the Catholic Church is, you know, that's a whole different topic, but at mm. least somebody to talk to in regards to that um, you know, that that issue, whether they need a blessing for the home or whatever it was. And, you know, then we dealt a lot of times, like, you know, the Baptists, the Protestants. Um, we had a lot of clients that were um you know, East Indian Muslim, uh, yeah, <laughs> so many. And I mean, there is there's definitely differences, you know, within the religions. Um, but I mean, ultimately, you know, religion really it is really what we make out of it, right? And you know, same with spirituality. It's all going to, like you had said, it's kind of what we believe. And I think if we listen, we know the path to take, or we know we know what we're being told but a lot of times it's hard for us to get out of our ego to actually listen. And that's Mm -hmm. where the, that's where all these clashes come in.
1: Right. Catherine, for the sake of our listeners who love the scary stories, have you got it? (laughs) Do you have another one that you can share with us Uh, uh, maybe connected to an investigation or.
2: Yeah. Okay. So um, I can actually, you know what, this is, I'll tell you exactly how I got into the paranormal investigation, like what was the actual reason what was started to happen done over the years. My own house was probably the scariest. (laughs) And, um, you know, I I kind of compared a lot of other cases to that, that incident simply because, you know, I still to this day don't have that explanation. I suppose that, you know, I was, I was always sort of looking for, and it really started you know, with with my daughters, this is before my son was born and when my daughters were little, my oldest one, she was probably about 12, she was playing with Barbie dolls, uh, her sister's Barbie dolls, you know, and her sister was five years younger and they were her sister's Barbie dolls and it was more joking around because she was like too cool to play, actually play with Barbie dolls at that time <laughs> in her head. But what they were, her and a friend were doing is they would put a doll in the middle of a hallway and I would hear them run away and they were laughing and then they'd come back and they were screaming and giggling. And I said, okay, you guys like, what the heck is going on? And she goes, mom, watch this. And I was like, watch what? And she goes, we're going to put the doll here and then we go away. And then when we go back, it's at the end of the hallway. I'm like, you guys are crazy. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's exactly what they put the doll in the middle of the hallway, like against the wall. We went into the living room, kind of, you know, hung around for five minutes or so, walked back into the hallway. And this doll was at the end of the hallway and, you know, by a closet door. And I was like, okay, that's you know, there must be something wrong with the floor. The floor's tilted or slanted, or this must be like a scene from, per- you know, uh, Poltergeist where the chairs were sliding across, you know, the floor's just tilted, like whatever. It's probably just something to do with that. And they're just like, mm, yeah, I don't think so, mom. So <laughs> I had gone into one of the, the bedrooms or in, uh, into one of the, into the bathroom, I should say, and the doll was in the, across the hallway um, against the door, you know, from the bathroom and I had the door open just a little bit of a crack. And when I opened the door, the the doll was actually in front of the threshold of the door. It had, you know, moved. So I was like, okay, this, this is a little bit, you know, crazy. This is a little freaky, but you know, you're still kind of calm. Meanwhile, my daughter and her friend, um, my parents actually owned the house next door to the house I had. And, my daughter was like, okay, I think we're going to go to grandma's and sleep over at grandma's tonight because I don't really feel comfortable sleeping here. And they left me with my other daughter. So I went to work the next day I came home and there was Barbie dolls from one end of the house to the next. Like my daughter had a big bin of like a big, you know, Tupperware tote and, you know, one of those great big bins. And there was Barbie dolls everywhere. I'm talking like between the taps of the sink on top of the fan on top of the fridge in the corners of the house. And I got really mad at my oldest daughter. And I said, you know, you like I called them at my mom's and I said, you send them over here to come and clean up this mess because there's Barbie dolls all over the house. And my mom said, Kathy, they haven't, they have not left my side. She goes, I don't know what happened last night, but these two girls have not left my side the entire day. They've been beside me all day. So nobody was in the house. And things started escalating from there. So that was like the first incident of where we were really starting to see. We had had small things, but you dismiss it like, you know, keys going or music suddenly stopping, you know, like you have a radio going and you hear the music stop and you go back into the room and the radio is unplugged. You know, thing, but then you know, you you always make up excuses, and this continued and continued and continued, and it was getting really bad, and it got to the point where I remember my little one coming out of her room, and she was in tears, like just bawling. I've never seen like pure white and bawling and shaking and saying, "There's a girl in my room. She's jumping on my bed," and it became that horror house that you see in like The Conjuring or these horror movies where my daughters and I were all in one room all the time. So if I was, you know, if I was up uh, watching TV, my girls were in the, be- in the in the living room with me. They were too scared to go, you know, into a bedroom by themselves. If one of them had to go to the bathroom, it was like, we all went to the bathroom. Even if we just stood outside, they would not go by themselves. And, you know, going to bed, it was all three of us like in one room. Because they were too scared and things just got worse and worse and worse. And people thought I was crazy. I thought I was crazy. You know, you're trying to explain it to people. And at this time, there was no help. We had no help. Like we didn't have paranormal investigators. And, you know, the only thing you had ever heard of was. You know, if you phone up people, it was like, mm, yeah, we don't know what you're talking about. We don't do that. You know, like I didn't know what to do. And I ended up selling the house and I moved to where I am now. And I mean, things did stir up a little bit here, but nothing like that home. But I'll tell you, that is what really drew me into the paranormal and into investigation, because um that was an experience that I had. I, I don't I still haven't come across one in all the cases that i had done you know that was so rampant all the time
1: and uh, you've never had any contact with the people who have bought the house
2: i did so oh, you did.
1: <laughs> this, this well, is a rarity because usually it's like nope i i got the hell out of there and i never looked back <laughs>
2: well they, they actually lived right next to, so i lived right next i had bought the house next door to my parents house oh. so <laughs> so yeah so when i went to my parents house i would always see that house as it turned out though So the first, the the people that actually bought it from me originally, because as soon as I put it on the market, it was sold within like an hour. It was, you know, it turned out to be from a rental company that was going to fix it up and use it as a rental house. During those, like, I would say about five years, because this was, you know, about 20 years ago now. During those five years, I would say the first five years, they had numerous people moving in and out, moving in and out, and there was drug dealers. They actually had one person that rented it. They were, they were had a drug op down there or a grow op down in the basement. But I went back, um, so the people that have been there for the last, let's say, 10 years or so, I did ask them about it. And I said, you know, have you guys ever had anything, you know, weird going on? And she goes, well, you know, it's like, that's weird that you're asking that. And I said, well, I used to live there. And I just, I, you know, I'm kind of curious. And I kind of gave her a little bit of the story without getting into too much, because you don't want to scare the pants out of these people either, right?
0: Mm -hmm. You're just giving
2: her a little bit. And she goes, well, my kids always talk about shadows and, you know, I, I, sort of just laugh them off and, and she's like, you know, my husband can never find his stuff. It's always missing. And I said, Oh, okay. You know, like, okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say. You were
1: like suckers.
2: Like Sucks to be you. But oh, yeah, man. it was, it was really for a while there. It was, um, you know, and it was just it was like, I had been in that house, it, it was five years. And it, it was about after the first year of being in that house is where things started slowly, 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 you know, up until that five years. And I even had people like I even had friends, even though I would, I at, at some point, you just stop talking about it, because nobody bloody believes you at that point. And it ghosts, you, you know, When we all first started this business, it wasn't cool. Like you know what I mean? Like people just thought you were nuts, right? For sure. And you know, so people would come over and they'd be like, I don't feel I don't feel good here. Like I don't feel good. And so, you know, or things would go missing, or they would feel like just off being in the house. And I was like, Yeah, we're here all the time. We know what you're talking about. (laughs)
1: Mm. Miss Rachel. So Rachel, she's very quiet all the time, but she's furiously, <laughs> furiously writing down notes in relation to our guests. And I saw her uh, at the beginning writing down quite a bit of stuff. What were you, what were you picking up on on Miss Catherine here?
3: Well, I'm, I apologize, I was on mute. I had a a loud truck outside, so I figured <laughs> I better mute myself. <laughs> so um, uh, the first thing, actually, I wanted to ask you, uh, Catherine. Um, Are you in the midst of uh, starting something new?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of new business, I guess, kind of getting it all together and everything. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That was like, I wrote that down right away um, because you got a lot of positive energy, actually electric energy that goes along with that. So I think it's going to be something good for you. Oh, I Um, love hearing that. Lots of um, thoughts too. I feel like your head is just full right now too. Yeah. Okay. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, spirit and your own, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the little thing I got to, to to tell you about what you're working on is to to claim your power and to feel confident, um, and okay. it's okay to say no. Okay. So Thank I you. okay. I,
2: I think you know where you're going with that. I I I don't know if that's business, but I know where you're going with that. Okay. <laughs> good.
3: Yeah. Um, uh, the, the other little thing too, is um you always know when it's the right time. So just keep, keep going with your intuition. You, you know that. Um, and I also kind of got like, anytime you've ever had a struggle, it's actually something that you, that helps you. It's like, it helps with your inner conflicts. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. <laughs>
2: Um, 100%. It does. (laughs) You know, it's funny you say that because I'm always one of those people. I'm one of those people. Like I always accomplish what I need to accomplish. Like if I'm going to do something, I always look, I know I'm going to end. I know I'm going to accomplish it. There's always like this. Oh, I'm going to run into this road, this road, this wall, this wall. And you're just like, Oh my God, can we just make this easy for once? I know I'm going to get there, but It's like bang your head against the walls a hundred times, and then you're like, okay, I actually learned a whole bunch from all of that that I was just challenged on. Okay, that will help me with this.
1: Danny, do you ever notice that Rachel never writes anything down about us ever? (laughs) Like, what the heck? Yeah, we never get any positive, you know, messages or (laughs) no. It's it's really annoying.
3: They're lying. They're lying. (laughs) <laughs> uh, is
1: this? Catherine, this tell us about your website and your youtube channel and and uh, how can people get a hold of you and how can they check you out and
2: sure so um i am available on instagram facebook youtube and uh all through oracle intuitions so it's all under the same name and my website is oracleintuitions.com, and. You can actually contact me through any of those sites, you know, for a reading. Well, maybe not YouTube, but I do do a live show every Sunday at two o'clock PM mountain time. We may be changing the time the day on that or the time on that. We're not hundred percent sure. We are going to be starting a new show as well, where we're going to be bringing on guests and interviewing them live on, on YouTube. And I think we're going to make that Saturdays, but for right now it's Sunday at two o'clock PM and what we do is we do mini readings. We do, we have chat, you know, with, with the people in the uh, the chat room and it's lots of fun. And also I do as many free readings as I can off there with the tarot cards that are just like a video, you know, general reading for the, for the consciousness.
1: Catherine Rogers. Thank you for being on the Phantom Faction, all the way from tropical Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time. Thank you, you so much. It was and
2: wonderful you. to meet you, and thank you so much to have me and on the
0: show.
1: We'd, we'd love to have you back one day.
0: Phantom Faction Podcast. A podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and
1: guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction@outlook.com. At